0: want to say thank you to the Iowa pork producers for coming on and being a sponsor of the Hawkeye Nation podcast. The Iowa pork industry, including production, processing, and packing, provided more than 141,000 jobs in 2015. That's about the total combined populations of Ames, Ankeny, and Coralville, with nearly 52% in production. And the pork industry contributed over $750 million in state and local taxes in 2015. Iowa, get this. Iowa produces a third of the hogs raised in the United States and is the nation's leader in pork production. And more than 90% of Iowa's hog farms are family-owned. So thank you to the Iowa pork farmer. Thank you to the Iowa pork consumer. Visit their website at iowapork.org. Pour one more beer for me.
1: Exile
0: needs quality so savagely Best beer in all the land, brewed with a loving hand From bottle, keg, or can Exile Brewing
1: E-X-I-L-E for me E-X-I-L-E Let's drink! Crack open a Ruthie today! Enjoy your exile!
0: Instant Reaction Podcast following Iowa's 27-20 to 20 victory over Boston College in this year's pinstripe bowl which was played on a field that might have been the worst footing i've ever seen an iowa football team play on uh but uh maybe we'll get back to that in a minute but that is certainly burying the lead here iowa snapping uh their hideous five-game bowl losing streak the last time iowa won a bowl game was against missouri in a much warmer climate down in tempe in the 2010 insight bowl was at that game uh that was a fun one Uh, they haven't been so much fun since then and through the first half of this game, <laughs> wasn't looking like a lot of fun. I think Boston College had 289 yards in the first half to less than 60 for Iowa. Iowa's offense was really going nowhere. And I was texting a friend um via voice-to-text on my quick, uh, well, quick 25-minute commute home from the office as I watched the first half of the game from uh, my day job and then got home just as the second half kicked off. I texted him and said, "I I really don't know why in conditions like this Given that the footing is so bad that outside runs won't work because of that plant that you make with your feet to make the cut-up field, your feet are going to come out from underneath of you. Why Iowa isn't running more north-south, running more gap assignment football, and they need to abandon this outside zone. Thankfully, that's what Iowa did in the second half. They went with much more gap and Power O blocking schematics similar to what they did against Nebraska in the regular season finale, and it worked out very well. Iowa had roughly 150 yards in the second half, and no, that's not going to set any bowl records. Uh, They rushed for 99 on the day, but, you know, they had 13 first downs for the game, and most of those coming in the second half. Pretty much... Other than like, what was it, 56 yards for Iowa in the first half? It all happened in the second half. Uh, Iowa was fortunate to be down 17-10 at halftime. Very fortunate to be down just 17-10. Uh, Boston College had a, like a 19-11 to 11 time of possession advantage, something like that in the first half. But in the second half, Iowa was the team that came out and did that. And Boston College still moved the ball a little bit between the 20s at times, although Iowa opened the second half with back-to-back three and outs by their defense. Um, but the Iowa defense did enough in the second half. Um, they, had, you know, Boston College had a long play after Iowa scored a field goal to give it a 20 to 17 lead with about eight minutes to go in the game. Boston College had a long, uh, you know, a pass play that wound up being long. It was an underneath throw, which Boston College really uh, hurt Iowa with in this game. Which was an excellent, I, I thought Boston College game plan was excellent offensively in this game, given the conditions, the turf, North South running with their big, powerful uh, running back Dylan and hitting Iowa with crossers underneath. But the refs missed... A block in the back against Gervais, obvious block in the back, and they missed the whole Matt Hankins was being held, and that the ball got down inside the, uh, the got down the seven yard line. Iowa's seven yard line was first and goal with roughly six or so minutes left in the game. Uh, Iowa leading by just a field goal, uh, and then Boston College had a I believe it was a false start penalty on first down, and the Iowa defense held, and it was twenty to twenty, uh, and then Iowa comes back out, and Akron Wadley returns it to the twenty. but there was a a holding call on that. So Iowa had first and 10 at the 15, and they went backwards, and they punted, and it was a very, very good punt. It was a 43-yard punt, the best of the day. Uh, And then Iowa's defense held, more than held. Nelson, Anthony Nelson, forces a fumble on a sack. Iowa gets the ball And Akron Wadley, 27-yard run through a gaping hole on the left side. Uh, And then Nathan Stanley completed a pass to tight end uh, Nate Weeding. That was originally ruled a touchdown, and if it would have stood as a touchdown, Nate Stanley would have tied Chuck Long's single-season record for 27 touchdown passes in a season. But the refs ruled that Weeding was down at the half-yard line, which... Stanley finished the year with 26 touchdown passes, one shy of Chuck Long's record. And remember, Stanley also had another touchdown called back this year when Akron Wadley's long pass reception was overruled or tape called back because of his high-stepping. So, at any rate. But... Iowa would win 27-20. Boston College, second to last drive. Didn't have a ton of time to work with. Uh, And then Iowa got an interception on a tip pass. Josh Jackson with his school record tying eight interception uh, of the season. I think Levi Mitchell and Niall Kinnick had eight. Now Josh Jackson joins them with eight. Uh, Desmond King had seven, I believe, two years ago. That eight interceptions leads the nation. Individually for Josh Jackson, Iowa with 22 interceptions on the year, also leads the nation. Just a uh, just a fantastic way for it to end for a lot of really great players. I mean, Akron Wadley, he was a man in this game. It was not easy to run. In the, these conditions, I mean, players were slipping everywhere from both sides. It just it's very difficult to cut. And Akron Wadley is a cut runner. He winds up with 22 attempts, 88 yards, a long of uh, 27 with one touchdown. But it was really what he did in the kick return game. Uh, Iowa their first touchdown of the game. He returned it nearly to the house. Got it down to the 15 to start the second half. He he returned the ball. He returned the kick roughly you know. Four 40 50 yards or so and he made a cut back to the inside where he probably would have scored a touchdown were it not for the conditions there was also a screen pass that he had in the second half that if it was good conditions he would have scored but again boston college was also affected by the conditions it was you know let me let me go there for a second the i don't remember worst field conditions for an iowa team ever I mean, and I always played on some cloddy fields, you know, at times there's been some trips to Evanston that have not been good. There were times Kinnick Stadium back when it had grass uh, was not great. But the, this was dangerous. This was these were dangerous the, the turf was hard, it was frozen. It was like they were on ice out there at times. And Jim Delaney, this is one of his biggest bonehead moves ever is aligning the big Ten with an eight year contract with the pinstripe bull in Yankee Stadium and thankfully no Iowa player was seriously injured. Thankfully Iowa probably will never play in this bull game again. That I mean, just horrible. And it you know it was below twenty five degrees out there. Let's see if we have the official, you know, game time temperature. Well I don't have that yet. But it was brutal. There's no business to play a bowl game in New York City if you're the Big Ten. Save me the alumni crap, save me the exposure crap, garbage, no reason whatsoever. So thankful Iowa won that and the only time hopefully they ever have to play a football game in New York nearly in January. Just dumb. But anyway, I digress. Dylan, the running back for Boston College, 32 carries, 157 yards for the freshman. He is an absolute load. Uh, he is a load. But again, I, I loved what, I loved what Boston College did with their offensive game plan. Really hurt Iowa on underneath crossing routes. Getting linebackers on tight ends. On a day when the offensive player has the advantage. He knows where he's going. The defensive player has to react and has to react with quick cuts on a field where the footing is not good. So that was a great, great game plan and nearly worked. And Boston College hurt itself a lot, you know, some penalties for them took some points off the board as well. Uh, 383 total yards for Boston College, uh, in this game. 16 first downs. They held a 32-35 to 27-25 time of possession advantage. But, and they made it to the red zone four times, scored three times. Iowa, five trips to the red zone, five scoring trips. Pretty good. Three touchdowns, two field goals. Give a shout out to Miguel Racinos. Iowa's, uh, Miguel Racinos. Iowa's place kicker. Very difficult conditions today. Yet he hit both of his field goals and all of his extra points. And he was basically taking one step in kicking. He made it look as simple as possible out there. One of his field goals was from 38 yards. And one of the extra points, an Iowa special teams player wasn't out on the field. He came running in. The clock's ticking down. Kirk Ferentz uh, said a, a bad phrase that was captured on television. And Racinos calmly kicked it through. He gets a lot of credit on a day like today. Uh, did good on the kickoffs. Didn't didn't fall down. There were no missed kicks in this game from either side, which is uh, really surprising to see. Uh, Nate standing today 8 for 15 for 99 yards One touchdown pass to Noah Fan It was Iowa's first score of the day James Butler 10 carries for 32 yards On the day Let me go find uh, the defensive statistics Because uh, Amani Hooker with 12 tackles Josie Jewell in his last game ever In an Iowa uniform Consensus All-American 11 total tackles, 5 solos Great work uh, from him Anthony Nelson with a sack and a half Parker Hesse uh, with a half sack A.J. Epinesa late, I think, batted down a pass. I didn't get a lot of uh, upfield pass rush in this game, and it wasn't going to likely come from the outside based upon several of the factors I've already mentioned. Your outside upfield speed rush is basically negated. In a game like this, because when you get to the outside shoulder and you get leverage on the outside shoulder of the tackle, you have to make a cut, a hard cut to the inside, a hard plant and a cut. If you're if you're playing right end, you bring your left arm through on a club and you gotta plant and get outside outside that left tackle shoulder. You can't do that on a field like this, and it's the opposite technique on the other side. So, you know, and and then twisting, Iowa likes to do twisting twist stunts on the defensive line a lot, where they will send the uh, defensive end, will take a step back, he'll come inside, the defensive tackle will go out to the outside. Hard to move laterally for these big guys on a field like this. So a lot of the things that Iowa would like to do in a pass rush, they couldn't do, in my opinion, because of the field field uh, conditions. So not... Easy sledding. Well, it was, it was like sledding out there for Iowa, but it wasn't, uh, a, a very easy day. Jake Gervas with an interception. He played a good game. Eight tackles. Had an interception on the, uh, first series, uh, for Boston College. First series of the day. Uh, returned that down into the, inside the 10 yard line, and Iowa only got the field goal out of that, so that wasn't, uh, that wasn't ideal. You know, which, which order should I do this in? Bullwins wins or Kirk Ferentz? Let's do bowl wins. Bull games. And I'm obviously really glad Iowa won this game, but I was thinking as I was driving home at halftime that if Iowa loses this game, I couldn't say what I'm about to say. Bowl games that aren't playoff games, that aren't, you know, Rose Bowls or Orange Bowls or some of the traditional Big Bowls, they're exhibitions. I don't want to say they're meaningless because the players are out there playing hard, risking injury, And many of you pay a lot of money to go see these games. So I'm not going to say that they're meaningless, but they are exhibitions. They're exhibitions. And at the end of the day, to me, the biggest benefit of a bowl game are the additional practices you get leading up to them. Unless you're in, you know, one of the elite bowls or you're in the playoff. Obviously, winning the bowl is better. Than losing the bowl, and losing this game would have created uh, very uncomfortable conversations for the next nine months. But now, magically, that probably changes, and that's my point. The narrative will change a good bit, not entirely, and not for everyone. But Iowa went eight and five. Eight and five is so much different than 7-6. and Iowa won by 7 points. And now, people are going to feel good about that. Maybe there's going to be this false sense of not security, but relief or joy. And I'm all for that, by the way. Anything that makes you happy that is lawful, go for it. Enjoy it. But had Iowa lost this game, It would have been, oh my gosh, the next nine months would have just been brutal because there would have been so much pessimism, so much snark, this, that, or the other. There'll still be some of that from people that are inclined to be that way. But there will be much, much less of it. And some of those people will probably be shouted down by other fans. So they're not meaningless, but my gosh, how much changes, attitudinally, if that's even a word, from winning the bowl game versus losing it in the fan base. But what about the players? As I said with Trent Condon today on uh, 1700 Radio in Des Moines, the biggest benefit in addition to the practices is these guys are going to get a little bit of a break. They're going to come back the, the first or second week of January, and they're going to report to Chris Doyle, Iowa's strength and conditioning coach. And they are going to have two months of brutal... Brutal, brutal experiences in the weight room. Not fun. And it's cold, and this is going to be a probably pretty cold winter. It's not fun. But that's when football teams, good football teams, are forged, is in January and February. It's when players make their biggest strength gains. It is set up that way. It is when pounds are packed on, when muscle mass is added, and when boys... Young players are turned into men, and the men are turned into, you know, elite level competitors. So when you have that win, makes it a little bit easier to get up and to go through it. There's a few more smiles. Maybe you sneak out an extra rep on that set. I don't know, but it's just it. It definitely has a mindset effect. Probably more than it should. Just like the paradigm shift happens in a win and fan outlook, maybe a little more than it should. But again, I'm all for it. Go ahead. I'll be the same way because I would much more prefer to work and interact with you in an environment of positivity than negativity. But that's, it's, it's just, it's just interesting these bowl games and their outcomes. And thankfully, this bowl streak is no longer a narrative. The bowl streak of losing is no longer a narrative. The Iowa players, you know, the excitement, the jubilation they showed after that game, right as the clocks went to zero, they they were excited. They were pumped. Um, Great to see Akram Wadley go out that way, the way that he did, with a certainly a bowl record for all-purpose yards. I'm going to find the statistic here. Wadley was the MVP of the game. Fantastic. 283 all-purpose yards for Akam
1: Wadley. (laughs) The black and gold unites us all, but then what? Kevin the Flag Guy from Heartland Flags here. If you're listening to this podcast, you bleed black and gold. But what comes after the Hawks? For me, it's the Cincinnati Reds and Cincinnati Bengals. Nope, can't explain it. What about you, Packers and Wizards? Pelicans and Sharks? NASCAR and the Jags, Bulls, Bucks, and Chargers. Whatever flag you want, we've got it. Jump online to heartlandflags.com and shop our huge inventory of sports teams' flags. You won't find a better selection or better prices anywhere, guaranteed. And to top it off, free shipping on all purchases at heartlandflags.com. Oh, and that Iowa flag you've been flying since the Hawks last went to the Orange Bowl? Time to step up and freshen up with a new design. Check out our Hawkeye selection. When you're shopping for your other favorite team flags, at heartlandflags.com, where you'll never pay for shipping.
0: Iowa's offense had 200 yards, wildly with 88 rushing, 24 receiving, and 171 kickoff return yards. I got to get a calculator out here now. 200. So, 283 plus 64. 283 plus 64. 347 all-purpose yards for Iowa in this game. Akron Wadley had 283 of them. That's the way to go out. By the way, that, that tape, the highlights of that for Akron Wadley, that will be helpful for, um, NFL teams looking at him and scouting him. The last thing for me in this last football instant reaction podcast for the next nine months. Kirk Ferrance with this win which comes at the conclusion of his 19th season as Iowa's head coach picks up win number 143 that ties the 143 wins at Iowa that Hayden Fry had in 20 seasons in Iowa City Hayden Fry will always be the architect and I'm a child of the late 70s I was I was I was 9 years old in 1980 so probably 1980 is my cognizant 1979 is my cognizant sports memory. So Hayden Fry is other level to me. Um, he's a legendary figure. I think I've told you the story before, but um, early on in my quote unquote Hawkeye nation career, I rode the elevator up in the press box standing next to Hayden Fry. and you all know that I like to talk. I've talked for a living my entire professional career, either via via in sales, a sales role, a marketing role, or broadcasting. So I talk for a living. I had no words. I had nothing to say. I was awestruck by the man who was more myth to me. And frankly, I didn't want to have a conversation with him because I didn't want the man to not live up to the myth. I was comfortable with the myth. And then several years later, I think it might have been 2012, 2011, something like that, I was invited um, by Rick Clatt to emcee uh, a Fry Fest event with a media panel. And Hayden was there, and Bob Brooks was there, and John Campbell, of, uh, late of KCRG, and I were the co-moderators. And prior to the actual event in front of hundreds of fans, we were all sitting back and just chatting in a room together. And it was Hayden and I. And I talked with him. I don't remember any parts of the conversation. I I don't. And I normally remember things vividly and have amazing recall on things like that. Now, my wife will tell you that I can't remember exactly what to get when she sends me to the grocery store. And she would be right. Uh, Selective amazing recall. I don't remember anything. I just remember smiling and thinking, I'm talking to Hayden Fry. So that man will always be a myth to me. But that was one of the coolest days, quote-unquote, on the job I've ever had. He's the architect. Kirk Ferentz, and Hayden Fry is you know, college football hall of famer just, and, a, and just a great guy. Kirk Ferentz just tied him. In one last season, now I'm not going to sit here and say you know, Kirk's better than Hayden. They're different. But Kirk Ferentz is a no-doubt-about-it, don't-even-try-and-debate-me first-ballot-college-football-hall-of-fame coach. I think there might be four or five coaches in Big Ten history with more Big Ten wins than Kirk Ferentz. And now there's no one in Iowa football history with more wins than Kirk Ferentz the emotional talk at the end of the game on TV that they captured when they asked him about tying Hayden, Kirk would be the first to say that he's no Hayden Fry. He's not. But what he is is he's a Hall of Famer. And one day, hopefully while I'm still alive and while Kirk is still alive, Kirk Ferentz will have a statue in and around Kinnick Stadium. He's meant an amazing amazing deal to the Iowa football program and and there have certainly been times in his career where I've been critical heck I've been critical of my sense for the nature of the criticism not the criticism itself but uh, the nature of it in 2014 especially now in hindsight not knowing what uh, he and his family were dealing with with the loss of uh, his granddaughter and, and Brian's daughter but I've never not respected him or admired him I I know several things that he's done for people and families and has done it quietly. I know what he's done for one of uh, my childhood friends who had a a horrible tragedy um, beset his family. And I reached out before a spring game several years ago and asked if maybe there was something that could be done for my friend and his children to uh, lift their spirits. And Iowa came through in ways that I, I don't want to go into because it's personal. But I I was floored in the time that Kirk and so many members of the coaching staff gave to them. I know that that happens all the time. And no, I was not the only program that, that does nice things for people. But Kirk is a genuine, awesome human being, as is his wife Mary. And I've, even in the midst of some of my criticisms, I've always somewhat... I don't know if feared is the right word, um, but not look forward to the day when Kirk is gone. Because there's. while well, some people think I was just going to lock and load and move on, on up and to the right, I just think a lot of us, and maybe even at times myself, as frustrated as I can get sometimes with offense, etc. Underestimate the value, the stability, the continuity, and just how good of a coach he is. He's one of the most successful, winningest coaches in the history of the Big Ten Conference. The conference that places more emphasis on tradition, on records, stuffiness, than any other. Kirk Ferentz is up there with the greats of the greats, with the Bo Schembechlers, with the Amos Alonzo Stags. With the Woody Hazes, he is, as it relates to wins. He just is, and it's irrefutable. So it was nice to see that. I tweeted out that video of Kirk at the end of the game. And just uh, congratulations, Kirk Ferentz. Just uh, well done. Well done. Congratulations to this team. And... 28 wins over the last three years, 35 wins over the last four years for those seniors. That has maybe happened, you know, the 35 and four years has maybe happened maybe three other times ever. Maybe three, maybe two. Not exactly sure, but it's not many. So that ought to do it for this installment of the Instant Reaction Podcast. And thank you to Heartland Flag Poles and Flags. To the Iowa pork producers, and especially to Exile Brewing Company for being a sponsor with us again this year, second year with them. Um, and thanks to many of you who have tweeted me um, images of yourselves, you know, patronizing these sponsors. Really appreciate it. It helps us to show people that the message gets out. This podcast and it has very little to do with me and Steve Dace. It has to do with the um, the fervor. And the just ferocious way that Iowa fans consume all things Hawkeyes, so we're not the only successful Iowa Hawkeye podcast. But when these things drop over the past several years, meaning when they're when they're published, these HN podcasts, they typically everyone usually begins ranked in the top ten of all podcasts in the college and high school sports, uh, high school and college sports category. Easy for me to say. Sometimes number one in the sometimes number one in the country. I guess it'd be the world, but you know, people in Britain probably don't care so much about college sports. And you you allow us to do this. It's 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 the numbers that we get on downloads are incredible, and it wouldn't happen if it weren't for you. And frankly, I wouldn't do it if uh, it weren't for you. All these years, started Hawkeye Nation in 2001. Started covering. Iowa on the internet if you will back in the superhawkeye.com days or actually before that with my Miller Time newsletter in 1999 and Superhawkeye in 2000 so been a long road and I appreciate each and every one of you coming along for the ride with me so thank you very much we'll talk to you soon